Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. All right. If you hadn't had enough fireworks from last night, I brought some this morning. So did everyone have a good week this past week? Celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at Christmas. Celebrating a brand new year. Uh, actually, I'm really surprised to see so many of you here this morning after celebrating last night, but it's a great, it's a great time. It's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful new year, and the Lord has so much, so much in store for us in the year 2017. It's kind of weird to say 2017. Well, this morning we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, Major Deb and I, we're going to sort of do a tag team type of preaching today. So we're just going to uh, tag each other out and uh, switch off from time to time, so that may be something... Uh, new for us this morning. But you know, I can't believe how quickly 2016 went by, and that now, now today is the first day of 2017. And, and this past week, I had some time to do some thinking about what would I do different? What would I do different in the year 2017? And I'm sure some of you have been thinking about, about that as well. And maybe some of you, uh, maybe some of you want to get in better physical shape. Anybody? That's, you know, that's usually the number one New Year's resolution is to lose weight, right, and to get in better physical shape. So you notice we have all this exercise equipment here. Do I have any takers today that want to exercise? You're welcome to come on up. You're welcome to come on up. I see some right there in the front row, that black shirt right there, this young man. Come on up. You guys know Rick. This is Rick on. Rick on is a is a great young man. He works for us at the Salvation Army. He's our director of operations, and he's a very fit young man. So I've asked him to do uh, on these two little planks here to do some push-ups while I'm preaching today. Okay, so you can watch him, but you got to listen to me. Okay, you can't be too distracted. Okay. And we'll see how many push-ups he can do. All right? But don't count out loud. Just count in your mind. Okay? But you've got to listen to me. All right? So, Rick, you can start any time. You need to adjust that. A little bit. He's a lot taller than we thought he was. <laughs> so, well, so I said, you guys aren't listening to me. You're watching him. <laughs> Keep going. I didn't say to stop. So some of us may want to get into better physical shape, right, this year. Maybe some of us want to, uh, want to be better spouses this year. Maybe some of us want to be better leaders, whether it's in the home or whether it's at work. But whatever it is, when we have a new year, for me it's kind of like having a reset button. We get to reset things a bit. Um, it's like a chance to start over. A, charge, a chance to start with a clean slate. It's a chance to, to do something new. You guys still watching him and you're not listening to me? <laughs> and so as we think of the new year, as we think of the new year, I believe the best is still yet to come. Do you believe that? Yes. Say amen to that. The best is still yet to come. Amen. Well, you know, our vision here at the Croxton, I'm going to talk faster because Rick's getting tired. Our vision here at the Croc Center is that we want, we want to be a place where families, individuals, 
and relationships thrive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And so, we want all of us to be thriving. And so our passion, our passion here is to equip, is to equip all of you to thrive. To be constantly stimulated and challenged and growing in your faith walk. Starting to sweat. So we have three choices. We can either grow, we can be stagnant, or we can die. And my prayer for each and every one of you is that we would be growing in our faith and growing in our walk with the Lord. And so today we begin a new series, a new series entitled Growing in Christ. Growing in Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you growing, Rick? (laughs) Growing tired. You see? Essential, guys, you got to listen. Essential to helping us grow in Christ, we practice what we call the spiritual disciplines. There are good habits like prayer and reading the Bible and, and, and uh, doing push-ups and worship and service and solitude and giving and serving, all those things. You see, the spiritual disciplines are self-imposed habits that nurture our spiritual health and it fosters spiritual growth. And we're all about growing. And so they're called disciplines because, well, it takes a good deal of discipline to begin and to maintain these habits. It's kind of like the physical discipline of regularly working out. You ready to give up? Okay. Give them a hand. Thank you, Rick. Did anybody count? 88? Wow. It's amazing, Rick. You know, Rick, I think Rick still holds the record at West Point for the most number of push-ups by a cadet in two minutes. Thank you, Rick. Well, you know, we're talking about the spiritual disciplines, but it's very much like the physical, the physical disciplines of regularly working out. It just doesn't happen naturally. It's just not going to happen. I have to make a conscious effort to exercise and to work out. And we just saw Rick today. Rick's a fine physical specimen. But it didn't just happen overnight. I don't know if you know Rick, like I know Rick, but he works out very regularly. He works out. He eats properly. If you ever want to eat pizza, go out to pizza with Rick. Basically, he takes all the cheese and all the other stuff off, and he gives it to me. (laughs) Because all he eats is the crust. But you talk about discipline. Rick is a very disciplined person. And because of that, because of those years of discipline, of being faithful and exercising, of being consistent, of being intentional about it, he can, he can do 88 push-ups in just a matter of a minute or so. That's amazing. But because he's disciplined. And so as we think about the spiritual disciplines, we have to understand that it just doesn't happen overnight. It just doesn't come like that. It doesn't come naturally. 
We have to be intentional about that. And so this morning and for the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the various spiritual disciplines and how we can cultivate those, those good habits in our life so that we can continue to grow and flourish as a Christian and as a believer. And what better time to do that than at the beginning of a brand new year when we're making new goals and new resolutions. And some of us may be saying, yes, I need to exercise more physically and get in shape or lose some weight. But more importantly, I need to get my spiritual life in shape. I need to throw off those things that hinder me. I need to strain forward and look forward to what God has in store for me. And doing the spiritual disciplines will help us to do that and will help us to grow. And that's what our series is about this morning, growing in Christ. So I would encourage each of you to take a look at your own faith walk and to be serious about that and to be serious about growing, growing in your walk with the Lord, growing in your faith, growing in your service growing in your love for Jesus Christ and your love for one another. And so today, we're going to look at one discipline, and I believe it's one of the most important disciplines that a Christian can maintain, and that is the discipline of prayer. I'm going to turn it over to my lovely wife. What a way to start the new year, isn't it? To start with prayer. Of all of the disciplines, they're all very important. But for us to start us off in this new year, let's look at prayer. And prayer is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. You cannot live the Christian life without prayer. You see, you cannot live the Christian life well without praying well as well. So what is prayer? And as I look around this room this morning, I know you know what prayer is. It simply is, prayer is talking with God. Having a conversation with Him. Listening to Him, talking to Him. That's all about conversation. And yet, church, many Christians struggle with prayer. And if you had to survey a group of Christians asking if they were satisfied with their prayer life, many would answer no. And if you had to ask many of them and ask this question, in what area of your Christian life do you need to grow most? And you know what, other, what they would say? Prayer. And as Christians, we have been called to pray. Church, we have been called to pray. So I want us this morning to look into two aspects of prayer. And that is that prayer is a privilege. And that prayer, of course, is a discipline. Prayer is a privilege. Now let's go back to that definition. What is it? Prayer is conversation with God. Stop and think about for, the, for a moment. Prayer is conversation. One simple statement should overload every circuit of our brain. When we pray, we converse with God, God the creator, God the almighty, God the all-knowing, and the absolute ruler of all. We should never stop to be amazed that the God of the universe wants to talk with us. 
Prayer is a privilege, church. And prayer is a privilege because through prayer we enter into God's presence. We enter into his presence. And I like what the psalmist says in 84, says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. And here the psalmist writes and longs to enter God's presence. His soul yearns for God as a hungry person desires for food. And a thirsty person desires and craves for water. Nothing else could take God's place, church. There is nothing more beautiful, nothing more refreshing, and nothing lovelier or more satisfying than entering into the presence of God. And we may enter God's presence through the privilege of prayer. And the book of Hebrews puts it this way. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We may approach God's throne boldly with confidence. Why? Because in Christ is no longer a throne of judgment. Can I hear an amen? No throne of judgment for us, but rather a throne of grace. You see, Christ has opened up a way to God so that we may freely enter into his presence through prayer. And you ask, you may wonder, well, isn't God everywhere? Isn't he? Aren't we in God's presence all the time? Yes and no. You see, St. Teresa of Avila says, we are always in the presence of God Yet, it seems to me that those who pray are in his presence in a very different sense. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what that presence is like. When we come to God in prayer, we become conscious of his presence in a different sense. And there is nothing sweeter, nothing sweeter or more satisfying in life than resting in God's presence presence amen so let me ask you a question debbie so if if prayer is such a wonderful privilege why don't we pray more why do we struggle so much with our prayer life see we struggle because prayer is not only a privilege it is prayer is a discipline it is a habit that it's hard to develop we must develop a discipline and practice prayer in our life if we are to enjoy this remarkable privilege that we have but as wh- Christians. But why is prayer a discipline? Well, why is it a discipline? That's a hard thing. You see, it, prayer is a discipline because our sin nature gets in the way. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Romans, and listen to this. It's a little confusing, but it says here, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. 
Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. But it is the sin living in me that does it. So, even though our sins may be forgiven as Christians, we still have a sinful nature within us that fights against the things of God. And that includes the practice of prayer. That's why sometimes it's hard to pray. It doesn't come naturally. I have the desire to do what is good. I want to pray. I want to grow in my prayer life. But I don't always carry it out. Why? Because my sinful nature, my flesh, gets in the way. Not only does our, our flesh get in the way, is that the reason to that why it's prayer is a discipline is because we do not always see results. Right? We do not always see results. In Luke 18, we read, if you look at that chapter, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. You see, in this parable, Jesus tells about a widow who kept coming to an unjust judge with her request for justice. For a while, the judge kept refusing her, but finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Church, the point of this parable is not that God is like an unjust judge. The point of this is that even the unjust judge eventually answered this woman's prayer, didn't he? How much more will God answer our prayer when we cry out to him? You see, God is for you and for me. And so just because we don't see the answer to our prayer happen right away or we don't happen to the way we think it should go, I don't mean we should stop. It doesn't mean that we should stop praying. We need to persevere. You see, if every time we prayed, we saw immediate results, I'm guessing most of us would pray more often. I mean, why wouldn't we? If prayer was a shortcut to getting the things you wanted, we would all be praying all the time. But that's not the purpose of prayer. Prayer is not about me asking and getting things that I want. Prayer is about me setting aside my wants and desires and going to God and seeking his will for my life. We need to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when I need to trust God with the results, I need to trust God with the results. Someone once said, keep praying, but be thankful that God's answers are wiser than your prayers. You know, Jesus Christ himself said this in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, if you look at the original text in Greek, it carries, this verse carries the additional meaning of to keep on doing something. And so, in, in other words, we could translate this verse as keep on asking. Keep on asking. Don't just ask one time. But keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking. Don't give up. Keep on seeking, and you will find. 
and keep on knocking on the door. Keep on knocking on the door and it will be open to you. It's a picture of persistence and, and persevering in prayer. And that's why prayer is a discipline. And because it's a discipline, we must persevere. We must put some effort into developing the practice of prayer in our life. And there will be days when we don't feel like praying. But we must pray anyways. Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, once wrote this. He says, prayer is the most important thing in my life. If I should neglect prayer for a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. And it's the same for each and every one of us. You see, it would be wonderful, church, if we woke up each morning ready to pray, prayed your way through the day, and prayed each night. But it doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't. It is something that we must develop and work at it. And that's why prayer is a discipline. And so why is it that we don't pray more? Why? Could it be that we don't pray because we are too busy? Too busy. Too busy. And one of the biggest obstacles is that to pray is our schedules. Isn't it? Our schedules. We say we have a hard time finding time to pray. Well, let's think for a moment. Do we stop to eat each day? Do we watch the news? Do we have time to watch the game, the big game on TV? Do we have time to exercise? Which of these things, again, now, you think you're <coughs> meddling now, Major. But which of these things is more important than building your relationship with your Heavenly Father? Which of these things have an eternal significance to it? If you really don't have time to pray, can you just stop for a moment and make the time to pray? You know, many of you know that Major and I and some of our staff are in a, in a per group personal training. And we've been on it now for a year. And I tell you, can I just tell you that this rope has been a threat to me? But for a year, this rope has been an awesome item. And I tell you, talking about going to this workout twice a week, I have to find time to make sure if I want to be physically fit and to be able to continue to serve the Lord, I need to take care of myself physically. And I need to make time to see Michelle, who really makes it painful every week. <laughs> and prayer can be painful, but it is good for us, church. It is good for us. We need to make time in spite of all the things that we do. Yes. Good job. Now, some of you may already be prayer warriors, and that's wonderful. But I think for many of us, um, we don't know how to pray. So how do we get started in prayer? I believe many people struggle with the starting point of prayer, along with what you pray for, and how long do I pray, and, and so on. And many of us say we want to pray and believe it's effective, but oftentimes we feel defeated before we even start to pray. Or we start a few minutes later, we find our minds wandering about other things like our grocery list, or last night's ball game, or the housework, or, or deadlines at work, and a myriad of other thoughts and wonderings. John Ortberg, a, uh, a minister, a pastor, he calls our wondering minds this. SAD, S-A-D-D, 
spiritual attention deficit disorder. <laughs> I struggle from that at times. You know, we think our prayers need to have wonderful and flowery words. But don't worry about it. Because you see, God wants you to talk to him just as you are. Not as you think someone else would like you to be. We sometimes think our prayers should be a a certain number of minutes long. And if we don't hit our time limit, we feel like that we failed in our prayer. But the truth of the matter is that when a number of Christians were surveyed, the average amount of time... The average amount of prayer time was five minutes per Christian per day. Now that's not too much. Yet when we start out, we feel guilty that, if we, ha- that we haven't been praying so long. And so sometimes we set these lofty goals. And that happens a lot during the New Year's when we set resolutions. I'm going to spend an hour every day praying. And we set these lofty goals. And so on day one, we say we'll pray for one hour. And after three minutes, we're prayed out. Is that true? And when we we fall short, we tend to beat ourselves up and just give up from praying. But that's not what we are supposed to do. So I would suggest is to start slow. Slow. Start with maybe, as it said, three to five minutes and no more, no less. But you need to start. Just do it. Just do it. You don't just wake up one day and say to yourself, next week I'm going to run the marathon. You just don't do that. You wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Instead, you have to train and set some goals. And maybe you have to start walking a mile. And, and you work your way out to actually the possibility of running a marathon. And when you begin thinking about our need to pray, we need to start with the fundamentals. Church, I know this is really basic, but we need to be reminded as we start the new year. You see, the practice of prayer is required for our spiritual growth. Your prayer life has a significant impact on your spiritual growth. Through prayer, you see, Scripture tells us through prayer we find mercy and grace to help us. Through prayer, we find peace to guard our hearts. Just as we must listen to God daily on His Word, we must talk to Him daily if we are to grow. And so, have you developed the habit of praying regularly? And really look at yourself, honestly. Don't try to pretend, yeah, I do. But really look at yourself. I know many of you here, there's many prayer warriors. But I want to encourage you if you have not done so. The fact is, our prayer time with God is basically conversation. That's what it is. Sharing about and, and being, sharing, expressing our gratitude of who he is, what he has done for us. And the neat thing, he knows what we're going through. Through our prayers, we can be taught. We can grow. And we can be convicted so that we can apply his teachings to our lives and also affect those around us. So church, what we desire most of all today is not that you feel guilty of the lack of your prayer life. We want you to feel hungry, hungry for a greater prayer life. We don't want you to be discouraged. We want to spur you on. We want to encourage you, and together we can do this. We want you to come to see prayer not as a duty, but as a privilege. We want you to pray because of the sweetness that comes from spending time 
with the Father and being again in His presence. Amen. Amen. I want to challenge each of us this morning. I'm going to ask Matt and the worship team to come up as we uh, conclude our service this morning. Each of you were given a little card, and uh, it's just some helps. If you have a hard time praying and finding a regular time to pray, use this. I remember the ACTS prayer, A-C-T-S. When I was a young child, I was taught this. And sometimes I still use that. Acts. Adoration. Tell God how wonderful he is. And worship him. And then confess. Admit our sins and cry out with our brokenness and ask for forgiveness. And then thanksgiving. Say thank you for all God has done in your life. And then last, the S is supplication. Make a request to God. You notice, many times when we pray, we always ask God for this. God, I need this. God, I need that. But in this prayer, the asking is the last thing that happens. And you can pray the prayer of Acts. It doesn't take you very long. Just a couple of minutes. Another simple prayer is the five-finger prayer. You use your hand. You see the thumb? It's the one closest to to you. So pray for those who are closest to you. And the index finger, the one that points the way. Pray for those who who guide and instruct and encourage you. The middle finger. Don't stick it up by itself. But it's the tallest one. Pray for our leaders. Those who have authority over us. The ring finger. Normally it's the weakest finger. Pray for those who are weak and sick and those who are struggling. And of course the little pinky. The smallest finger. Pray for yourself. You know, as the worship team sings this morning, I'm going to ask you to to bow your heads and to pray. And maybe you want to pray through one of these prayers. It'll just be for a few moments. And I would ask you to pray. If you want to come to the altars here, the place of prayer, you're more than welcome to do that. But what better way to start this new year than in sweet communion with our Heavenly Father in prayer. Prayer doesn't have to be in these big, long, flowery words, but it just comes from your heart. And so as the worship team sings this morning, you just pray and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart this morning. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And if it's all about Him for you this morning, then we want to do what He calls us to do, is that we are to pray so that we can grow in our walk with Him. And this morning, what a way to begin a new year, a new life in Him, is by praying. And make it be a serious business for you this morning. A challenge has been put out, and in the back also a 21-day prayer challenge. I want, to take, I want you to take that offer in whatever form that God has called you. I want to ask you to take, leave this place knowing that you're going to do what God wants us to do and pray. And church, we don't know what outside has for us, what God has for you this week. But God knows that you are powered with His prayer. You are powered with the Holy Spirit when we commune with Him. 
So with your eyes closed, church, with your head bowed this morning, let's just close our time with a word of prayer. The place is still open. But I'd like to just, if you have something in your heart that you want me to pray for you this morning, just raise those hands. God bless you. Amen. Just God knows what you're going through, what you're going to face this coming week and months. God knows. But let's lift it up in prayer, knowing that we have a God who hears us, knows us, and loves us so much. Let's pray. Father God, amazing, awesome, powerful God. We come to you right now, Lord. We have been challenged and reminded about how we need to commune with you and how we need to be in touch with you. And Father, I, we ask for forgiveness if we have not spent time with you lately. And so right now, Lord, we make this commitment on this first day of 2017 to make that start, to make that first move, to spend time with you little by little. And knowing, Lord, that you are not going to leave us alone, that you will be there every step of the way. It is a privilege, Lord, that you've given us. And it is a discipline that we have to work hard, but we're not alone. We have you, God, and we have each other to support each other as we grow more deeper and closer with you. So, Father, for the hands that's been raised this morning and for the prayers that's been up here on your altar, in your mercy seat, I pray, Lord, that you will just anoint them, bring your Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us as we go forth. And every need that's been lifted, may your, your presence, your provision, and your power be with each one. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity as we go forth ready for battle, knowing that we have prayer on our side and that we have you, Lord, to equip us to face whatever that comes our way because we know that we claim the victory with you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name and his people says, Amen. 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 Amen.